Welcome back, everyone, to the Labeled Paranormal Podcast, a podcast where your hosts talk about everything and anything labeled paranormal. I'm one of said hosts, Tom. And I'm Mark. And we're here to kick off our uh, cryptid series a little bit. You know, something that's near and dear to my heart. I always want to believe. I want to go out in the woods and I want to explore things, right? So that's something that I always, always wanted to do. And you can't, I don't want to say you can't out cryptid me, but you can't weird me out in a cryptid way. If there's something that is just odd and people won't believe, tell me, I'll believe it. I'll I'll go ahead and believe it for you. Um, So, you know, saying that, I want to get into our host, or I'm sorry, our guest, I should say, uh, Shannon. So Shannon Lawrence um, is an author and, you know, one of the first people I reached out to when we decided to go in the cryptid uh, realm because, you know, she she fits the bill. So, Shannon, let me uh, turn it over to you, give a little brief introduction and a little bit of what you're doing now. So, um, yeah, I'm Shannon Lawrence. I am, I'm an author. I actually wrote, write mostly horror. And Excellent. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it, I've loved all the spooky stuff forever and had quite an interesting life, lived some interesting places. So, you know, had my own experiences. I'm also a podcaster. We do primarily true crime, though, but we also throw in the random cryptid and paranormal and stuff like that. So we titled ourselves accordingly so we could basically do whatever we wanted. (laughs) Something (laughs) we want to talk about, we could, because it's mysteries, monsters, and mayhem. See, the mayhem really... Yeah, it opens it up for whatever we're like. This <laughs> is it. it's fine. Definitely and, catch Yeah. So, and I've got my first. I have other books out, but this is my first novel. My debut novel is coming out March twenty sixth, and it's called Miss Stalker Wendigo Nights. So, yes, yeah. So can't wait for that. And if you are listening when that is is out, please go buy it. Please support Shannon um, for the simple fact that she wants to come on and talk with a couple of knuckleheads about uh, mysterious things. So, you know, just for that fact alone, we want to help uh, help you out. So please go buy that. Uh, go buy her book. And yeah, love the title, you know, Myth Stalker. I mean, just just that, even before Wendigo Nights Myth Stalker, I'm like, oh man, that you know, I just want to grab that book. Like, that's phenomenal. Yay. So uh, kudos to you. And then Congrats on being, you know, your first novel. Um, definitely cool things that we love. You know, Mark and I definitely appreciate creative people and writers as well. Um, both of us have a little background in that. More mainly IT, but, you know, there is a little bit of <laughs> writing in, in what we do here. Um, so let's let's get into it. Um, when I reached out, uh, Shannon, to you, I wanted to uh, just have somebody to kick around the idea and just flesh out some of the thoughts that Mark and I have about, um, you know, cryptids and without, you know, labeling specific ones, you know, um, with your book, uh, Wendigo Nights, we'll we'll get into that as well. Um, But I wanted to first uh, pick your brain a little bit about, you know, maybe we'll all share our beliefs here, but starting with you, do you believe, you know, in cryptids being, you know, creatures or more, you know, spiritual, magical manifestations? How it, it really, it depends, right? Because I okay. grew up knowing about Sasquatch and all of that. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a pure, <laughs> true cryptid. True. And of course, then there was also the other part of my background. I'm Cherokee. And that comes with a lot of, I don't know, I guess, like spiritual type stuff yeah. or not. 
not in the religious sense, but of course, so then there was hearing about other creatures. And it's it's funny because a lot of these creatures are specific to specific tribes, but kind of things have gotten blurred in the U.S. that way. And some mm-hmm. things have become universal. So, yeah, I heard a lot. I, I've known about Skinwalker for a long time, for example. And to what you said, yeah, that's that's a human who's pulled something into themselves, right? A spirit, yeah. basically. And Wendigo is the same. So, yeah, I feel like vaguely they're cryptids in their own, especially Wendigo becomes kind of this creature, right? And mm-hmm. Skinwalker is, it kind of matches up with shapeshifters, but different, to be clear. And so yes. I think it can be a lot of things. So, but definitely, I, and I've seen even, I don't know, paper, I read a paper by an Ojibwe woman recently, and I can't remember her name, it is not coming to my head. And, you know, she was talking about Manitou, which are spirits, but she even actively called uh, Wendigo uh, cryptid in that. So it's kind of interesting. It's It's a blurring of lines, I guess. Yeah, no, I appreciate that answer. And, and yeah, because like as much as we want to lump all cryptids into one bubble, it's almost impossible to do so because their origin stories, right? They come from so many different parts, whether it be the Native American or it could be something that, you know, even the, the tulpas, right? The, the manifestation of human, human consciousness makes this thing come out or um, even some, you know, stories brought over from settlers coming into this country, you know. Um, the Dogman and the Beasts of Bray Road and things of like that. But one thing that, you know, you touched on, and I want to separate the difference for our, our viewers, is, you know, you're right. The, the Skinwalkers, you know, if we were to just have a very layman, like, split, you know, that, that would be the shapeshifter. The Wendigo would be something who gave up their humanity um, from, you know, now there's a bunch of different reasons why in the lore, but one yeah. of the main ones that I keep finding is that, you know, cannibalism, right? Or, or, or you know, they, yeah. they, they yeah. reject their human form by partaking in less than human activities. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, and there's a lot, you know, it's about isolation. It's also a huge about uh, greed and gluttony and that sort of thing in there. Yeah. So they kind of, both Skinwalkers and Wendigo have embrace something negative or something that would be termed sin in say in a christian circle for example mm-hmm. and done this to themselves which i also find interesting because it it's when you look at werewolves and other shapeshifter lore it's done to them it's inadvertent right yes. but in in mm-hmm. the native lore it tends to be this person did wrong and brought them on themselves and so it's a really different mm-hmm. look at responsibility i guess they're like embracing the darkness right and they're and yeah. and they're not a hapless victim most of the time yeah with wendigo you can there can be a hapless victim somebody lost in the woods and isolated and stuck out there can get attacked so there's multiple ways with that then you kind of hit like your vampirism type thing but yeah, yeah. they can get attacked and turned right so Absolutely. Um, One of the things, and it's just fresh on our mind because we had just done a recording about this with uh, Fae Folk. And, um, you know, we were actually debating a little bit and thinking like, hmm, could a skinwalker be in that sort of, you know, genre? Because they they do trickster things. They do shapeshift. 
But if you ask me, hey, is this like a type of fairy gnome type of thing? I'd be like, no, no way. But the similarities are there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, isn't it interesting how it you see the same thing repeated in different cultures? Right? Obviously, there's little differences, but a lot of similarities. Absolutely. So, but I don't know a lot about Fae. I, I have to say that. So that one I'm not. I'm not about sure. About what? About the Fae. Fae? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, it, it just seems like same church, different pew, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, they're they're kind of under an umbrella, but I wouldn't think of them along that way. You're like, oh, these are like pixies and cute little things. And they're and all both that. like yeah. forest spirits. They're both yeah. Uh, yeah. like wilderness spirits, you know, like uh, it, it, like we, we, when we were talking about Faye, you said that banshees belong to the Fay family. And, yeah. you know, if, if you watch movies like Pan's Labyrinth and things like that, you see these sort of, uh, you know, demonic adjacent creatures, which are, you know, the kind of skinwalker-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You do. You do see that. Um, and that's another point, uh, Shannon, that we were talking about before, too. It was like, if you were to ask me, in the fairy world is a banshee. You want to be like, nah, you know what I mean? But technically they are. So it's, it's interesting that all over this world and, and drawing, coming to a bigger topic is, you know, these myths, these lures, these things are all over the world. It's not isolated to one area or another. And, you know, okay, now we have the internet. Yes. Now we have telephones. We have all that kind of stuff, but these things weren't developed within the last 20 years. These things have been here for thousands of years stories passed down verbally how is somebody in you know what would have been colorado or what's colorado now back then and somebody in england how are they going to communicate with each other telling them you know what i mean if this was some kind of ploy right it just right. doesn't seem to make a lot of sense right and like just just the fact that dragons exist in in multiple right something like that Absolutely. that's so commonplace and then you find out that it's everywhere yeah um you know, that that's another great point. Um, stories about even, you know, getting a little off topic, but but human giants, you know, or whether they're not human, but giants, you know, and things of that nature. Divergent yeah. humans. Yes, you know? yes, there you go. That's um, something I'm fascinated with is that and, and I think, you know, giants and Bigfoot um, and, you know, maybe a humanoid species that lives underground. I think these are all these are all possibilities. Yeah, yes. and you know what? And I can't remember which tribe it is, but there's at least one U.S. indigenous tribe that has their own, like, tall giant lore, their own big people. So, again, universal. We've actually done an episode on the Hopi and, and their ant people, their, their, their dwellers um, in that, and tried to make the connection between um, the Anunnaki back, you know, and, 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 you know, trying to draw, you know, making our map of strings, you know, trying to get it back over there. When, when native giants are described, it's actually very interesting. Um, giants in this context, they always seem to be described um, as having red hair and multiple mm -hmm. rows of teeth. Ah. You know, it's it, that's that's what it seems like. That's that's what I've that's what I've read. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about the multiple rolls of teeth, right? But no. Red yeah. hair is interesting. Yeah. Be a ton on the dental insurance. 
But <laughs> um, one thing that I want to uh, pick your brain about, too. Have you ever given any thought to the interdimensional aspect or whether this could be, you know, they do exist in their own dimension and we just see a thinning of the veil? You know, well, it's interesting because absolutely that's a possibility. And I know with Skinwalker lore, with Navajo or Danae people, they talk about portals and the Skinwalker using portals to move oh, around wow. sometimes. So that actually exactly that for some folks. Wow. Have you heard the uh, about um, the lore from Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, and I watched that the I guess documentary that was yeah. On that. You saw the the show for it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I do too. I, I yeah. do enjoy that. That was yeah. also how I learned that the Ute also have their Skinwalker beliefs and, and this whole history we won't go into between the the Dene and the Ute people because of where they ran into each other around the like Four Corners area. But yeah, there was absolutely a belief with that. And I think a Ute reservation border Skinwalker Ranch. And so that yep. came up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that history in particular is interesting. And that geographic region is interesting because um, that whole region is like a basin. Um, and the ranch is in the middle of it. Um, yeah. And uh, Basically, the Ute described that land as being cursed. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. fascinating. We've talked to people, we've talked to people on this podcast, we've talked to people off in our personal lives, um, who all seem to agree that whether you want to use the word cursed or not is up to you, but there's a lot of trauma in the land. And there was a lot of death, and there was a lot of blood spilling, oh, yeah. and there there wasn't an air... Uh, there wasn't hasn't been anything to heal that area um properly now what's proper i don't know i'm not you know that, that's i'm the wrong guy to ask but um conceivably where there's accidents on roads there's often more accidents that happen there you can see how that concept can be applied to the basin and where there's weird stuff there if you're not healing it if they're after life spirits whatever you want to call it are still at war you can see how the trauma is still going to affect it, even in a different time and place, different dimension, however you want to identify, you know, your your afterlife, basically. Yeah, I mean, I I strongly believe that, I mean, we are run by electrical energy, right? We're put, we put oh, yeah, out a lot yeah. of energy, and I feel like that negative energy, a massive amount of it can leave its stamp all over the place. It's kind of how I see hauntings and such, is that that energy mm -hmm. was absorbed and just kind of keeps flaring up around there so to speak but no great yeah i agree yeah um it, it was often said to to me you know if somebody just had a fight and you walked into the room you feel it right you can feel that oh, yeah that, you know that you don't have to be a psychic or a medium or anything you can just feel that somebody had a fight in that so if somebody were to be killed and war going on and awfulness you know it's it lends reason that that energy would stay in a negative state for longer than just a, some, somebody getting in a fight, you know, a verbal fight or something, you know, it, it can stay for a while and might need to be healed. Um, or, you know, I'm just throwing it out there that maybe it's too late and it stays and it can't be healed. I don't know. You know what I mean? Definitely not, you know, but I definitely agree with you with the energy 
analogy because energy can't be created nor destroyed. So right. after we die, you know, there, there's a simple answer to, all right, well, then just tell me where we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where, where does the energy go? So definitely um, a fascinating area um, in terms of that. I love the desert lore. I'll be very honest with you. If I had to pick and we separate the country into like geographic areas, the Southwest, the desert lore, um, everything there speaks to me. I, I love it. But I'm going to transition a little bit and move into the Pacific Northwest. We mentioned Bigfoot, right? We, we mentioned a little bit about um, him or her. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to just... Uh, Pick your brain on that because that was, isn't that always our beginner course? Isn't that our 101 in, in cryptids? Isn't it like Bigfoot, oh, yeah. right? You know, you, you, you dip your toe into the cryptid pool with Bigfoot. So um, now different names, it doesn't matter. Skunk, ape, you know, um, wild man, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, Sasquatch. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire. I am of the belief and I would like to, you know, pick your brain about this. Well, I'm of the belief that Bigfoot exists in a different capacity than other cryptids. I believe that is creature-based, and I believe it was revered by Northwest um, Native Americans. So I'd love to pick both of your brains on that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about. I mean, if he was revered or just kind of respected and doing his own thing i don't know much about that i have a cousin in a one of the pnw tribes but we never talked about it <laughs> funnily enough oh, wow. but uh yeah i absolutely think that it's the, you know, this creature and that it exists up there and that there's still a lot i mean everybody's like you can go hiking and there's people out there all the time and how do you not see them but at the same time do you know how many bodies just human bodies are undiscovered in the woods true. very true like that, so clearly we're not penetrating everywhere all the time so yeah i think i think um we as humans really really like to think that we have seen everything we've explored everything we have everything totally mapped out and while that might be true, the fact of the matter is there's still millions of acres of unexplored wilderness that sure. humans have really never set foot in or and probably will never set foot in. Like you go out to the the northwest in, in Canada, there's nothing out there, nothing. There's <laughs> nothing out there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's totally feasible that uh, some sort of uh, small population of a nomadic hominid, you know, a divergent hominid that's adapted to a wilderness lifestyle, you know, you, you look at you look at how bears are structured. They just, you know, they just have the, the those muscles and that that fat and that blubber and that keeps them warm. They can just live outside all year round. They don't have to do anything like I mean, you have you have an eight nine foot tall dude built like that. I mean, a, a small population, probably less than ten thousand of these things, and they just move nomadically across up and down the Rockies. You know, yeah. uh, so you know the, they're never in the same area uh, all the time. 
you know, it's, it's, I think it's very, there's more than enough deer up there. And the way these things have been described to, to move where they, they, these things move like athletes, like faster Mm -hmm. than athletes Mm -hmm. through the woods, through brush, you know, these things, these things can hunt down deer like it's nothing, you know, like it would be, I I could, I could totally see uh, that kind of population being feasible. Well, and I could see there being bands, or if you if you will, tribes or something like that. Yeah, like tribes, smaller yeah. groups moving around and keeping to themselves. But I mean, have yeah. you ever seen how big a moose is in real life? Yeah, if, exactly. If yeah, they yeah. go without us seeing them all the time, yeah, in the Rockies here, then something else quite large can too. I mean, they hear you; they're going to avoid you, right? Isn't that yeah. what happens with so much wildlife? I live in an area that's got a metric ton of wildlife we've got mountain lions we've got coyotes we now have wolves again because they've been reintroduced just recently yeah but we've got moose and elk and all of these huge creatures and bear so and and you rarely see them because and they're just doing their thing here i have this uh park behind my house and yeah i can go for a hike i don't run into them but they're there yeah, and yeah. the thing is, especially with mountain lions, mountain lions, you're never really going to see a mountain lion unless they want you to see them. Right, unless <laughs> you know, that time. <laughs> they, uh, mountain lions uh, probably know wh- exactly where you are at all times, and that's and they could keep a significant distance away from you at all times. You right, know, they can it, do it. Yeah, like this is this is the ability that that regular animals have. You know, yeah. and I would like I to think, think that like Sasquatch is that much more intelligent than oh yeah, say, oh, yeah. something like a mountain lion, and probably a predator, right? And have everything that comes with that. Yeah, it'd be an apex yeah. predator. Yeah, I mean, Sasquatch kind of beyond apex. At that, well, I don't know if it's beyond apex, but like just being able to you know totally avoid everything even other apex predators and and really thrive out there and i think it's really interesting what you brought up that there could be different tribes of sasquatch because you listen to accounts of sasquatch and you get different descriptions across the board seven to nine feet tall they could be a a skinny sasquatch they could be bald they could be totally black they could be a ginger sasquatch they could be uh, i've heard of these these weird packs of really skinny sasquatch that like they they look kind of evil almost Uh, it's it's kind of weird like there's different versions you know yeah it's a very good point i mean I, i would be scared of a skinny sasquatch I already know it's bigger than me. Now it can catch well, up to me. So. In I don't PA know, here, we have the Alba Twitch. We do have the Alba Twitch. Yes. Yeah. Alba Twitch. Oh, man. I I, I love that. <laughs> I really do. Um, it's a tiny Sasquatch. It is a tiny Sasquatch. Yeah. And, you know, even in the Lenape, which is our eastern PA, Delaware, Maryland, tri-state area right there for us, um, I am drawing a blank on the name, but they have their own um sasquatch which is known to cause blizzards if seen so um that's where the lore is that's how that's how um it can get away is it can cause a snowstorm to happen at any point and and uh i I did research that one and that's fascinating um 
a little something in our That's own backyard way. here that we don't really have a lot of uh, that that type of thing outside of Philadelphia. So That's it's nice that we can uh, have something like that. But um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love the you know that beginner introductory you know thing, which is Bigfoot and and the lore has. You know, there's always going to be TV shows about it, right? It makes money. People want to watch and, and see those things. How many seasons of like Finding Bigfoot are there? They're, you know, in double digits, right? So, um, I I also appreciate how much attention that has brought onto the other cryptids. You know, um, the uh, many many people now are catching on to Dogman in, in Michigan, and that's more in the Midwest. You know that sort of thing, Ohio, Michigan, and the Ozarks, and the Ozarks, and mm. um, that one is interesting because we we briefly mentioned a werewolf, you know, and a shapeshifter, but um, this one seems more if it can seem more dangerous than a werewolf, it does, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's it's more dangerous than um, a, a werewolf, and you know that there's been reports of stalking cars. Which okay, that's a car. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, um, you know, hunting, actively hunting people outside of their home. You know, um, I I, I want to grab all of the different type of cryptids because you know you on the other on the one spectrum you have Bigfoot who wants to hide from everybody, and any any type of media we've got is it walking or walking away, right? The the dog men, they'll go right up to you. <laughs> If we were to, you know, believe that. So um, do you, you know, Shannon, do you have any um, ideas or, or theories about, you know, that type of cryptid, the dogmen? I don't know a lot about the dogmen. I've only vaguely heard of them. So no. But, okay. <laughs> but, no, 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 no. What's that? Well, oh, Mark. Well I was going to say, uh, Dogman is, uh, that's, that is one of my favorite cryptids, um, okay. mostly because, um, the, it, well, I, I'm a fan of the accounts in the Ozark area. I know that they see them a lot in Michigan, but the, the, the stories down in the Ozarks, the, the way, the conviction that some of these people tell these stories and like, it's not like, this is a new phenomenon. Like this is very similar to Bigfoot where um, families know that there are dogmen living in the woods and have been living in the woods for generations. Like it's a family secret or a town secret. They don't really talk about it because obviously nobody's really going to fucking believe them, you know, <laughs> it, 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 like, and, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. Um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite because it opens the door to like, what the hell is it? Because it is lit the, the descriptions of these things, the most accurate description and almost what all these guys say is it looks like the werewolf from the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman, like specifically that werewolf. Like it looks like, like a full blown, like bodybuilder werewolf. You know, uh, and it just like it opens the door to like if that's real, what like what is it like? Is that some sort of forest demon, 
or is it some sort of genetic experiment? Is it related to Bigfoot? Is it a variation of Bigfoot? Because the other thing is there, there's different variations of this from ones that look like straight up like a werewolf to ones that kind of look like a Bigfoot and the head looks like a baboon skull where it's like it's kind of like a, like a baboon where the snout is elongated so it mm. kind of looks like a dog skull or something like it's just it's very strange like what could these things be you know i kind of like the genetic experiment angle because that doesn't yeah. happen very much i, I do too I yeah and yeah, yeah, a place yeah. to experiment, right? The Ozarks, where they're not going to listen to the type of like mountain <laughs> people right. or whatever that live around there. I think that a lot. I think there's a lot of communities like that where people just kind of scoff at whatever they say, and they know full well that the stuff is there. They talk about it like it's normal every day. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because people can. I will say that people consider them rednecks, and there's very much a bias in this country against folks like that right exactly so you could just dismiss them you know yeah, yeah. i mean it's... yeah but but it kind of gives off you know this kind of stranger things vibes where you have a small town and there's like a government facility potentially doing weird genetic experiments but you know i think i think it's an interesting idea the idea that maybe the government uses national parks as experimentation places you know it wouldn't surprise me uh, do i think there has been genetic um engineering trials or anything absolutely i i think um it's if been we're done, not doing right? it china's that's the only yeah, well, somebody's that's, doing it. yeah somebody's you know. doing it and i believe we we tried it i believe we failed at it i believe we've succeeded at it in some way shape or form however you want to determine success in that um you know now let's take a look at the idea of genetically engineering a dog man hybrid right but that's Who... actually been experimented on when they were trying to it, it was experiments having to do with try seeing if a head could stay alive and be transplanted and all that stuff like i feel like they did they did a lot yeah. of transplanting dogs between dogs but like yeah. that was a start to see if they could keep that head, bring that head back to life, basically, if given a heartbeat. And yeah, blood absolutely. They've done, um, like in, in Russia in the 50s, I think in the 50s, or maybe it was the 40s, allegedly they uh, uh, attempted to create a human Z, which oh, yeah. is um, a, a mix between a human and a chimpanzee. And apparently there was offspring. Apparently it was successful, you know. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is we know that, you know, there's organizations, if not national governments, that screw around with genetic engineering. You know, it's, it's, we know, we know it happens. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, were they actually successful at these things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, the the big thing with transplanting body parts and curing diseases and stuff. Well, they did a lot of stuff for that. But have you guys heard of the it's the Billowack monster? What is I that? Think it's in California, and that one was said to be like this big genetically engineered creature, but it was like a ram man, like it had ram horns 
and oh. was a hominid oh, wow. as well. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. that one of the huge theories behind it is that it it it's specifically one creature that was genetically engineered in an experiment. Okay. I see. And it just let it go. Yeah. Right, it got out, and there's supposed to be this big super secret base under like a. It's been a while since I looked at this, but like under a farm, I think it was once like a cattle farm or something like that. So, yeah. So, have you guys ever heard of the Goatman story? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've heard Goat of Goatman story. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just that just reminded me of that because my buddies out in Lancaster County have told me that there is that they that there's Goatman legends out in Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. They showed me the spot. It's it's creepy. It's creepy out there. Uh, but I don't know I don't know how true it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean the um the hybridization of an animal to a man will always get garner interest, right? And and going back to the dog man like what more perfect tool for a military would other than a dogman? You have the animalistic and and the the beast nature, but also you know the smarts of a human and the loyalty of an animal of a dog. So you know you you, you can see why they would think. You know you can kind of see the gears turning of why they would want to create something along these lines. The the ram man, I beats me. I don't know what they were trying to do. That maybe they were trying to. Think of places that uh, were edges of cliffs and they could climb up, maybe. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. will be just fine. So you don't even have to supply them food. They'll just eat whatever is around. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, goat. you know, and in Goat Man, we all love cheese as humans. So I can kind of see that too. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I want to round back to this, um, this question. And maybe it's like an existential theorism question of, of cryptids and i i can go first but um my question i'm going to pose is why do we want to believe why do we want to believe in this so for me i think it's a part of the americana wanting to you know go west young man adventurous searching for answers and not being willing to just say oh well someone said it's not out there so it's not out there no we want to go find and if, it, if these things aren't out there, then because we've searched every bit ourselves and we know that they're not there. I think to me, that's what captivates me about, about these. The, the fact that, you know, when you give attention to these, now some might argue that they're all real just because we give attention to them, right? Then you come into the Tulpa mindset of, you know, we created what this is and whether it exists in this world or not, it's still believable, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I think it's a that drive that we want to go, we want to go out, we want to explore, and we want to find some cool stuff that no one else has seen before. So for me, at least in my, you know, in my mind, in, in my, you know, um, thought process, you know, going out to a wilderness or a desert or wherever you are, strapping some cameras on trees, coming back later and seeing what you saw. I think that is a level of excitement that not many things can can top. So I'll turn it over to whomever else. <laughs> I I think I mean you hit it like two words stuck out, you know, exploration basically and pioneering. And I just mm-hmm. think that's a human thing is that whatever life ills you have, there's more out there. 
yes. I mean, right, X-Files, the truth is out there. Like we want, it's the same reason space is such a, such a fascination and the Amazon being so largely unexplored and deep sea is that we want to think that there's more out there and that this isn't it. <laughs> same thing with yeah. UFOs, right? This isn't it. And there's more out there than what we see. And that holds a certain kind of promise. But it's also exciting to to be able to find something. It's it's deflating when you have answers for like an old mystery and it's something completely mundane. We want it to be something True. exciting thing we want it to be. So that's how yeah. I see it. Very so, well said. Mark? For, for me, it's it's the implications. Um, okay. So uh, I... I, I I'll say that I don't necessarily quote unquote believe anything. Like I, I kind of lean in directions um, mm -hmm. and I really like to entertain ideas. Um, and I try to gather more information about those ideas because if one of them is right, the implications of it is, could be astounding. Like, because sure. some of these, like what if, you know, there was some sort of divergent hominid that's been living amongst us for, uh, undetected for the past, you know, two, three thousand years, something like that. I mean, the fact of the matter is we've we found the sturgeon. We didn't think the sturgeon was still alive. We didn't think that was still a species that was around. You know, what if the Loch Ness Monster is actually a, a, a still living plesiosaur? What if we find out that the dragons that knights slew back in the day were dinosaurs that just kind of stuck around and lived a little longer than we thought they did, you know? I yeah. like that one, too. Like, I like the plesiosaur yeah. angle on Nessie, but Nessie tends to be different than the North American lake monsters, right? Which are more serpentine. Whereas Nessie yes. is like a hippo and has been seen on land and stuff like that, so... Yeah. I always like yeah. kind of like because as kids we all get into dinosaurs, right? So it's yeah. to be able to say maybe there are some dinosaurs that other than birds, right? I, I, I yeah. know that whole thing, but but something that's really more dinosaur-like. I mean, and that's not just a lizard. No, no, yeah. and, and you know, uh, speaking of Loch Ness, that was the other end of the. Um, you know, you had Bigfoot was your dipping your toe in the water. Nessie was your next step, yep. right? That was your next step. I feel like Nessie is dipping your toe in the water because Bigfoot, I don't know, I feel like Bigfoot is a little more real than, than Loch Ness. That's just my opinion. I mean, we, like, when, when, I'm just saying, like, they, when, when you were growing up, right, and you, you heard about, you know, cryptids for the first time, it was those two that stuck out, right? Like, yeah. like those were the first two that came to mind that you learned about. And, you know, Loch Ness was cool because it's not here. It's over, you know, it's overseas yeah. and, and it's nothing that we can see. But but we got Bigfoot. But actually, for us, Mark, it's not here. It's on the other coast. Well, back then, you know, yeah. um, what we were growing up with. But, yeah, you know, you have um, there. there's one in New York that has a long name that starts with an O. You got Champ. You know, in Champlain. Oh, Ongo Pongo? Yeah, Ongo Pongo. Yeah. You have the Alaskan snake monster, something like that, which is lends to your point, Shannon, yeah. that, that's serpentine and, and things like that. And also, for me, you know, I want 
Tremors to exist. I oh want that God. movie to be real. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. And a little plug is um, um, I'm going to be on the podcast Stamper Cinema reviewing that movie. Um, oh, there you go. And please reach out to him, both of you. Because he's a you know horror movie buff, and you watch one with him together, and then you talk about it on the podcast. So please reach out to uh, I'll, I'll put the information down. But once I heard about that, I said, "Well, I got to do Tremors." And he's like, "Nobody yet has said Tremors." I'm like, "Then we're doing it, we're doing it." So it's going to be fun. But anyway, whether it's the underground monster or or the Shrieker, and you know, I'm not getting into the ass blaster. That's 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 too far. I wish that were to be true. So a part of me does appreciate the serpentine type monsters. All that to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I can't be the only one who's when driving somewhere goes through like one of those bulls and you're like, this is exactly where the tremors are going to get me. This is where. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you're not still worried at your age about graboids i feel sorry for you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so you know i i and and that's just how labeled paranormal is we started with skinwalkers we ended with kevin bacon fred ward and graboids so <laughs> you know um a typical episode here at labeled paranormal i should say um but i want to uh yeah shan i want to thank you thank you for your time and and being on with us recording and and your flexibility so i'm going to now um turn this time over to you um share with our wonderful listeners where people can find you um repeat the title of your book and, and so on so the floor is yours shannon thank you and thank you for having me on too for sure this was a lot of fun but thank you I'm going to make it easy because I, I connect to everything from my website. So I'm not going to name all the social media, but my website is thewarriormuse.com. And I have a tab on there that will lead you. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. So those are the two big ones that you can find me on. And my book coming out on March 26th is Urban Fantasy and it's Mythstalker, Wendigo Nights. And this is intended to be a series where I get to actually pull in our, our native lore and run with it. So I'm having fun with that. But I've also thrown in the opening of the book starts with something that around here is called Gog, the Gog monster. It's the Garden of the Gods monster. And I just basically feel it's a Sasquatch. So every explanation, every description, it's just a Sasquatch, but it happens to be in this big part here. So it starts out with with that little guy there. Nice. But <laughs> and then we we go into the Wendigo mythology. So I'm planning to hit a lot of of that in these books and I just I just want to have fun with it and I'm hoping that people who read it have fun with it. And it is up for pre-order so people can grab it whenever. All right, everyone, you heard that. Go pre-order the book. It's going to be amazing. Shannon, your insight was most appreciated. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. And for everyone listening out there, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave five stars. We would be greatly appreciative. And please continue to keep reaching out to us at labelparanormal at gmail.com to share your stories. We're going to have listener submission episodes coming up, so please get your stories in. We'd love to have you on and a little snippet to talk about um, some of the creepy shit you saw, right? So until next time, everyone take care of each other, be safe, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.